Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we discuss current events through the Christian worldview's lens. Uh, But here's the catch. Each one of us is doing so from a specific point of view or chair from the Christian worldview. Today, I'm joined by Charlie on my left. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And uh, which chair will you be sitting in? I think it's the chair of philosophy. Philosophy works. All right. Glad to have you, sir. And then to his left, we have Jennifer. How are you? I'm doing well. Very, very good. And which chair are you sitting in? I'm the chair of politics today. Awesome. Awesome. Taking care of the Christian's unique duty and obligation to be involved in the uh, ruling of our world, the policies that are put in place, Indeed. they have a moral aspect. And to my right, I have Josh. How are you today, Josh? I'm doing very well, John Arthur, and I am sitting in the chair of culture today. How are you doing, good sir? Ah, you got me. Very good. <laughs> I'm doing well, Josh. Good to hear. With that said, I'm uh, John Arthur, and I am sitting in the chair of Christian theology today. So, with that said, We'll be uh, going over a couple stories. First off, Jennifer has one for us from the IRS. Yes, very exciting stuff. So this is from Texas Scorecard. The title of the article is Biden's IRS targets Texas Christian group because the Bible is, quote, affiliated with the Republican Party. President Joe Biden is continuing President Obama's practice of discriminating against Americans because of their religious beliefs. Biden's Internal Revenue Service has recently withheld tax exemption status from Christians Engaged, a Texas nonprofit that, quote, exists to educate and empower Christians to pray for our nation and elected officials, vote and be civically engaged. The reason for this rejection, IRS exempt organization's director, Stephen A. Martin, accused the organization of prohibited political campaign intervention. Their illegal intervention was being educated Christians on what the scripture says about national issues. This is a quote from Martin, who was the director. Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party and candidates, and therefore violates the um, rule against what is it? Uh, uh, separation of church and separation state. Separation of church and state. Um, uh, not nominating, but uh, supporting. Supporting a political candidate. Yeah, supporting yeah. a political candidate. By having biblical values, they're supporting the Republican candidate. So if the Republicans have biblical values, what kind of values do the Democrats have? Hmm. A good question. So moving around the room, we'll start off with the chair of culture. Chair of culture. Gosh, what is the Christian's response to this culturally when the government starts to play favorites based on your religious beliefs? Well, it's nothing new to the culture that we live in currently. It has a tendency to want to demonize people for what they believe and what they say and then cancel them for it and dismiss those people. And not only dismiss those people, would have active hostility towards those people. The question that is important to ask here, and I do not want to throw a boogeyman out there, but where does it stop? Absolutely. It doesn't stop until the end, but I'll I'll say that for you. From the chair of philosophy. Yeah, so 
when we're looking at this kind of a situation, there's there's a couple of things that we need to think about. Number one is the the exemptions, if you will, or the the 501c3. That's a privilege to the church. That is not a right. We we don't we don't have a right to claim something like that. So if I think what I would if if there were going to be a change in this, I would rather see that they do away with the whole thing for everybody. Just do away with it. But I don't think that's what the aim is. And that's what's really disturbing about this. It seems to be singling out Christians. When we're talking about a philosophical bent on this, we're looking at this from what's right, what's wrong. If we're talking about a country that is founded to be equal for everyone, that's what needs to be applied. Absolutely. Again, what's the purpose of the uh, uh, 501c3? But I'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, hot second or hot ten second take from uh, the chair of politics before we get to the economic and yeah. So so from the chair of politics, and I think this will generate some interesting discussion. But for our listeners out there, I want you to think about the important issues that you base your voting on. You know, when, when you're looking at your political candidates, what are the issues that come to your forefront? And then I'm going to read from this article again, quoting Martin, who again is the IRS exempt organizations director, Stephen A. Martin. He says, uh, quoting specifically places where the Bible is lining up with the Republican Party and therefore is, you know, exempting them from 501c3 status. It, it mentions areas, quote, the sanctity of life, the definition of marriage, biblical justice, freedom of speech, defense, borders and immigration, U.S. and Israel relations. If I don't think that there's a relevant political topic that's not on that list. Maybe, maybe yeah. specifically to the transgender issue or some of the gender ideology things going on, but, but I think as Christians we need to look at this and... and and not we need to be aware that there is an attack on these areas of biblical philosophy they are coming for us through the lens of coming for the republican party but they're coming for biblical values it's not about republican I would agree. absolutely and so that brings me to the theological and I'll I'll mix the economic chair up a little bit here does your theology change when threatened with economic repercussions if it does christ is not christ he's the genie in the lamp you need to look at what christ says if you can hold to that then it's true and then a quick bent on the economic tape you look at the 501c3 it was instituted by lbj none other than the fellow who said we'll keep those inwards voting for us for the next hundred years when he put in the greater cities policy he put the 501c3 in as a hush money situation so that the church could not act out against the government, couldn't speak out against the pushing of abortion, the pushing of uh, single motherhood, the desire to fracture the family. When those became political issues, the church had to bow out. Guess what they're coming for now? They're finally exerting their state control their state-run church ownership if you're a 501c3 you are formed and born as a church as a state-run church you don't believe it look at anise parker 
in Houston. She tried to subpoena all of uh, uh, the pastor's uh, sermons. Guess what? She had every right to do that because it was a 501c3. So uh, a little bit around the room, if you want to dig in just a bit more, um, from the chair of culture, how do you think Christians need to combat this sort of, I'm not going to use the word persecution, but this, this threat, how should Christians be at work in the culture create a counterculture, Josh, something that fights this in a godly way? To measure what the response is to a problem present in the culture, we have to first analyze where the culture currently sits. I had mentioned it a little bit earlier, but let's take it to a more foundational basis. The culture currently sits in a place that values living your own truth. It values this idea of relativity. It's not founded on something that is concrete. When that happens, you have the ability for something, as this article states, to come out. You do. And so... That's where the culture currently sits. It sits on the seat of relative truth, and it's a changing seat. It's a revolving door. It's something that changes with the time. It's not something that stays solid and foundational. Which is scary, because what happens when one day it goes wild? But in terms of the Christian's response, people that are Christians across the country will pray for revival. They will, but then they will do nothing with their feet to make revival happen. And they won't do a single thing. I hope this doesn't happen, but in my opinion, revival in the near future is going to look like persecution. I think that's where people are going to start to realize that you can't play on the sideline. You have to pick and choose. But like I said, I don't want to throw that boogeyman out there. And I don't think that this is necessarily persecution. I think this is a wake-up call for us as Christians living in the culture to stand up for the case of Christ and put ourselves out there, make ourselves known, not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. Now, if we don't do that, then we're going to keep this cycle continuing. Where there's going to be no impact in the lives of the people that are currently going on, and it's just continued debauchery. Amen. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Mr. Pomeroy, what do you think the long-term philosophy behind the IRS saying biblical truths are a Republican Party document, they're a Republican Party platform, where do you think this leads us, and what does it say about our purpose here on Earth, or Telos? I, I think that's an excellent question. One of the things I would say, just to follow up on, on what Josh brought out, I would say that I believe this is uh, persecution, and that's where it's really, it, it will heat up. And I think when we start talking about the Australia issue, you'll see that come full circle. Let's talk about the one point, though, that Josh made that was spot on, and that is the issue of relative truth. 
And when we're living in a culture that does not have truth at its foundation, it cannot survive. It cannot, it cannot move forward. If you think about it, what was, what was the thing that the, the, the mariners would use uh, for so long to guide them while they were in the oceans? And it was the North Star. That was the key thing. Why did they do that? Because it's in a fixed position. It's a point of reference for, for, for them to be able to be guided to where they need to go. When you don't have a point of reference, you cannot navigate life. So what is ultimately happening here, and I think your point about the, the Republicans being looked at as the party that's, I don't want to say Bible thumping, but that's what Democrats would say. The thing is, there's Democrats that are Bible-believing as well. And what, what Josh said a moment ago, and what you, I think, totally agree with, is that there is coming a day when you are going to have to choose. You are not going to be able to sit on the sideline and do nothing. Amen. And, and there's a day coming where Republicans are going to have to choose between their party and the Bible. Amen. I would agree yes. with yes. that. Absolutely, yep. and some would say that that day has already been been sort of in the in the, in the play. But uh, mm -hmm. moving on to the chair of politics, Jennifer, what do you think the end game is here for the Democrat Party, and what should Republicans do? And, and and I'm being very careful here. I think Christians need to think independently of these parties. Yeah. And I'm very sick and tired. Like, like for example, unpopular opinion with with Republicans: the war on drugs is a failure because it's a it's a sure. Yeah. It's a absolutely poor argument. The argument is, is God says if you're doing something bad, you got to pay restitution or you get put to death. It's very simple. But what's the end game politically for the Democrats, and how should Christians respond at the voting booth? Well, I think the end game is beyond the Republican Party. I don't, and I think that many of the rank-and-file Democrats are looking at the Republican Party as the enemy, but I very firmly believe that the Democrats are being used by a higher spiritual power in spiritual warfare against Christianity specifically. So while the attack may be going against the Republican Party at this point, I think the point Josh was making where Christians are at some point going to have to choose between the Republican Party and the Bible, I think is the ultimate goal is to it, it is to force Christians out of society. They're not even going to be able to be Republican anymore. They're just going to be Christians off on the side, persecuted and and doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to say one thing before because Josh is flagging me down. You want to go for it? Okay. So this is just a little bit of a, I think some good news. Well, not exactly good news, but a, a little bit of hope. You know, in this otherwise pretty dark topic. Um, I was watching earlier a documentary about the persecution of the church in Canada. We're not going to get into that too much this time, although it'd be an interesting subject, but one of the members of one of the persecuted churches whose pastor was arrested, and there are pastors being arrested multiple times in Canada. You should look into it. Under the guise of COVID restrictions. Yes. So one of the ladies who was part of one of the churches being persecuted said something that really stuck with me, and she said, the government, when they arrested my pastor, really thought they got us because they thought we were following a man. We're following God. Amen. And it's never going to stop. And if, if the church's response in America is that is is on par with her response, we're going to be fine. We're going to keep growing. Good days ahead. We'll have good days ahead. The challenge now is to get 
Christians to understand that. Thank you for a wonderful segue to the theological chair over here. I'll go ahead and slide on in. That's an excellent segue. Uh, what is the Christian's purpose in the United States of America? Okay, it is not to fill a church with cheaper uh, uh, money, if you'll, if I can use that term, because really what people are doing is they're saying the government's going to get it anyway. I'll just go ahead and give it to this tax-exempt organization. Okay, so look, I mean, I, I I understand that that is a wonderful benefit. However, the whole purpose of this, if I can move, over, just say the telos here of this, was originally founded by a very bad man who. Uh, by the way, we need to do something on the day the parties switched. They didn't switch. They switched tactics. Um, but LBJ was intentionally trying to muzzle Christian pastor, pastors. You look at the Revolutionary War. Ra Rafael Cruz is a great resource for this, and so are the uh, uh, the folks over at... Uh, uh, oh, for goodness sakes, why am I having a hard time remembering the, the, the wall builders? Wall builders. They'll tell you... The folks, the sergeants and the lieutenants of the Revolutionary Army were pastors. The rank and file were the members of those churches. Where are those pastors today? They're hiding behind the 501c3 status because if they speak against anything, they're afraid they're going to lose members. No, no, no. You will lose the members who did not matter in the biblical space. I want to be careful how I say that. What I mean by that is you're going to lose the money from the folks who were giving it because it was tax exempt. You're not going to do it wrong. When pastors speak about political issues, they should not speak about it from the perspective of the candidate. They should speak about it from the perspective of God's law. That, that is the issue. One thing I wanted to bring up, John Arthur, is that today I was, uh, I found a, a post by Charlie Kirk on a pastor in California that said we as Christians need to lay down our rights to comply with government orders. This is the damaging thing. This is it. That is looking at it from a totally wrong perspective. And if if that kind of stuff keeps up, that's going that's the antithesis of what Jennifer brought out. And that okay, go ahead, Josh. I just wanted to harp back to the political chair that Jennifer represents. When you go out to vote for someone, vote for somebody who supports biblical values. Amen. Yes. But the people you can tell who support biblical don't vote for the people who say they support biblical values. Vote for the people you can tell live those biblical values out because those are the people you know that truly represent biblical values. Look at their voting record. Are they actually true to their word yes please don't let somebody go on the campaign trail and tell you oh look at me i'm such a christian i got my rhinestone cross on my how boots. many times did joe biden come out good little catholic boy but look at what he does by the way it's they, they, they not finally, it does not fit they finally came out and said you know what maybe we should withhold the eucharist uh pope be damned you uh, think uh, pardon well, the pun and the thing is the catholics are very upset with him and you have to wonder and i'm just throwing this out from the political side what does that do to him for the next election absolutely and so what long term what the goal here is you hit someone 
in the economic space. Look, you come after someone's sex, money, or power, you will see how they react and who they are, for better or for worse. They're coming for your money. Check and see who you are underneath, because if you're not the right person right now, if, if this changes your theology, I'm not going to, I'm going to say, look, look at yourself, pray, pray and ask God, am I actually following you or am I looking at my own strength and at the strength of my church? Uh, that is something that is, is very important. And by the way, the devil's been at work at this for a long time. This has been since the 1960s when this has been put in place. Churches, your 501c3 status, that is not something that is tenable. Jennifer was saying, uh, 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 n not in this session, but off mic, so to speak, she was saying that churches may not be able to keep that status if that's yes. the case. And and if it if that is the case, if if it comes down to the decision between my 501c3 and all of this and and you know being part of the whole system still and you know going along to get along or supporting real biblical values every church in america should walk up to the irs tomorrow and say take it i don't want it and wouldn't you love to see what Their the country faces? would look like yes. after this and what so, a headline that would be please pastors prayerfully consider this i think it's time to go ahead and check that and you're going to have people who say but God's not going to provide because we got rid of our 501c3 and those uh, charitable funds are going to go away. Okay, that, so that's you a mean, teachable moment. <laughs> you mean God's not going to provide comfort 100% of the time for your entire life? There might be times when you have to sacrifice something. What a foreign concept to Christianity. Oh no. God, just God preaching. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think those are excellent points. And I'll tell you what, the reason that we're at where we're at is because we're not willing to sacrifice. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed that special edition of We're Getting the New Studio in Place podcast. We are currently upgrading mics and doing all sorts of fun stuff, so we didn't have too much time this week. However, with that said, as always, go ahead and uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, five-star ratings and reviews help this channel and this podcast immensely more than you can imagine and of course they are a great encouragement to us go ahead and uh, again as always hit up that comment section let us know what you thought if there was an argument that you wish to add something uh, that you think we missed go ahead and add that argument and tell us from which chair you are arguing the issue and again, like always, if you disagreed with us, go ahead and uh, put your dissent down there and tell us from which chair are you dissenting. With that in mind, thank you so much for listening. We hope to earn your listenership for the long haul. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. God bless.